Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdul Gibb Shabazz, Jim Merritt, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Our first show of 2024. Before we dive into all the things that may be coming your way this year, let's meet the panel. He is the owner and the operator of IndiePolitics.org. He's also also an author, a broadcaster, and a provocateur, the one and only Abdul Gibb Shabazz. Hello. And occasionally plays judge on occasion. That's right. Hey, <laughs> uh, I want to ask you about that here in just a little bit. But first, let's meet the other panelist. You know him from 30 years in the Indiana General Assembly. He's one of the most beloved figures in all of the Indiana State House, at least before he started hanging out with me. The great Jim Merritt. Hello. Robert, how are you? I'm doing just great. All right, Abdul, let's start with you. 2024 is here. The legislative session starts next week. Next week. Is there going to be something big happen? Because it doesn't seem like anybody wants anything big. Well, what we want and what we get, as you know, is being a merit guard, two totally different things. <laughs> and I'm sure Mr. Merritt will agree with me uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, everyone's hoping for a quiet session, for a peaceful session, and then the lawmakers have said, hey, you know, we want very little drama as humanly possible. We probably know that's probably not going to happen. Uh, because, number one, uh, and mark your calendars for this, around around Valentine's Day, February 14th, something stupid always happens that, that nobody sees, whether it was Rifra a few years ago, whether those lawmakers doing things they aren't supposed to do. Something stupid crazy always happens around February 14th, so keep that in mind. Uh, I do know that there's going to be an issue with respect to uh, anti-Semitism. The House wants to pass a bill dealing with anti-Semitism, college campuses, the Senate. Uh, a lot of folks want nothing to do with that, so it's going to be interesting. All right, Jim, so kind of give us the history on this, because obviously you spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate. It used to be the short session, which this is. It's only planned to be a couple months. It used to be this was just kind of a corrections time. There was no kind of large legislation that came out out of this session, correct? Yes. In fact, back in the early 70s, that's when this uh, this short session, as they call it, uh, actually was created. Uh, from like I, I believe 1972 and 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 historically before that uh, there was just a session every other year just like Texas does and so uh, the the the, uh, the the history of this this short session is 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 not a really big uh, it, it, it just doesn't leave a big footprint. And uh, I can remember back in the early 90s when uh, we went to uh, special session all the way to June 30th. And the following year, we signed died, adjourned on February 14th. And so, uh, and the staff was worn out. Uh, there wasn't anything done. Uh, and and uh, they were trying to make up. And, and obviously, as Abdul said, uh, they're working towards uh, primaries. 
in May uh, of 24 now, and, and and then the actually general election in November. So uh, there, there, there is no uh, budget. Uh, there, there won't be a budget in in these in these short sessions, and and thus uh, relatively relatively nothing will get done. Maybe a, a few policy matters, but it, it's um, it's framed and planned. They have really a do-nothing session. Before we bring Abdul back in, I want to ask you, Jim, were there marching orders? Like, okay, so David Long was the, the you know the pro tem for a while when you were, were there. Does he come out and, and go, and I guess it would be Rod Bray now, hey, this is going to be short. We're not doing anything crazy. You guys are going to keep it short and simple, and we're going to be out of here. Our goal is by such and such a day. Were those sort of um, uh, directives given? Well, that <laughs> Actually, back in, in the 60s, the lieutenant governor uh, assigned all committees and was all-powerful. And when all this changed, the president pro tempore and the Speaker of the House, uh, uh, the Senate and the House, were the leaders. And uh, Bob Garton uh, was the pro tem before David Long. And because they can assign bills to committees, uh, they have the direction that, to um, – do little or do a lot, and so yes, the the, the leaders of the of the respective uh, chambers, uh, Senate and House representatives, and whoever's in charge, and for our lifetimes, it's been a Republican in the uh, Senate and, and and Democrats sometimes in the House of representatives, but those people are kind of the linchpins of if something is going to happen or not. Abdul, you obviously have covered the state house for a long time, almost 20 years now. And my question to you is there used to be kind of some, shall we call them, uh, scragglers from outside kind of the power structure who were, uh, they get a little vocal from time to time and have issues that maybe didn't line up with leadership. It seems like the Republicans have done a pretty good job from their perspective of vanquishing those people, uh, not only outside of the field of play, but outside of the state house altogether, which makes it less likely these unforeseen things might pop up um yes and no uh because you can never predict the, the unpredictable uh that's kind of point number one uh for example one issue i think is going to be uh, a major deal i just thought about a few seconds ago is something about water in tippecanoe county the leap district and what is the governor's authority was iedc iedc's authority to, to deal with all that so that's that's one big issue i could see sort of popping up uh that that consumes a lot of uh this legislative session uh as far as sort of the uh for lack of a better term sort of the 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 outsider's coming in i mean you you always have uh, you always have dissension in the ranks and i would say technically dissension is actually kind of good because dissension keeps you honest now there's a there's a difference between dissension turns into outright rebellion <laughs> so so that we got to keep in mind in mind as well but 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 leadership you know they they have their committee assignments they, they have leadership teams so i don't i don't expect things to go too far off the rails but like i said once again there's always that one issue that always pops up that nobody sees that consumes all the oxygen, nitrogen, and helium in the room. Rob Kittle, Abdul Keep Shabazz, Jim Merritt, the program of State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. All right, so let's, uh, well, obviously each week, update you on what's going on with the Indiana General Assembly. Let's look ahead to the political side of things, and the first big thing kind of on the radar is, well, I guess before we even get to the governor's race, it is who will be eligible to run for governor. Abdul, you had in your cheat sheet kind of an update of the lay of the land on where people were in terms of getting signatures to run for governor. Would you like to give us an update? Uh, sure. Uh, Eric Doden put out that he has his signatures. Uh, Jennifer McCormick put out she has her signatures. Uh, Brad Chambers, Suzanne Crouch, should be uh, just about done 
uh, with their uh, signatures. I say the the one question mark still is Curtis Hill, uh, former Attorney General, now candidate for governor. Uh, Hill has a Hill has a has a strong base, but we don't know yet if they're vol- if they're organized enough to get him all the signatures that that he needs. So so if there's a question mark on signatures. Uh, it'll probably probably it is likely Curtis Hill. Jim, I'm curious. You know, you kind of have your ear to the ear to the pulse of what's going on. You used to have a lot of friends inside the the state house. Are people excited about the the governor's race? Because I don't look at any of these candidates and go, wow, that candidate is, as from a media perspective, super interesting. There's five people running, but they all in many ways seem kind of cut from the same cloth and many of them kind of the same. Well, you know, it's it's been December and nothing happens December in politics unless it's scandal. And and I, I look for. Uh, these governor candidates to try to break out in the next five months and really for January, February, and March and April. Uh, but, but you're right. You're right. There hasn't been hardly any excitement whatsoever. There's been, there's been uh, attempts to Nick uh, Senator Braun up because of his, his stand with police immunity, qualified immunity uh, uh Doden's tried to do that at Chambers is kind of doing that by talking about his support for police. There really hasn't been any big issues that have um, electrified the race. And, and, and you know, there, there's a there's a thought. I think people a lot of have that there isn't going to be anything exciting because um, we know we're getting to know so much about these candidates and. And uh, I think there's an overall feeling that if whoever wins the Republican nomination will be governor. And so um, I I would imagine everybody's trying to establish their lanes. Uh, We have a new media in Indiana where the Indianapolis Star is kind of in the backseat a little bit uh, with social media taking over there. And so it's um, I think it's anybody's race right now. Um, uh, We've seen interior polls that Senator Braun is ahead but that can change in in a in a blink of the eye all right let's talk about that jim you hit on something interesting go ahead abdul uh jim i want to uh, comment on that on that polling question i had a conversation um with uh several folks uh over the over the holiday season about uh where, sort of where the governor's race is where the polling is and, and an interesting point was made because uh the only person the only people although ron has uh, got some internal polling showed me about 41 percent some change uh a number of insiders have said they'll, they don't trust those numbers now no one's no one to show me their polling data, but for example, <laughs> show us show us yours. You will show yeah, show yeah, you ours. Yeah, it's time to open the kimonos and let's let's see what we got here. Uh, but what was interesting was uh, for folks like uh, Brad Chambers and Eric Doden, uh, who aren't necessarily big names in, in government politics, except for except amongst the inside crowd, they made a point that if if Mike Braun was really at 43 percent, then why would someone like a Brad Chambers or an Eric Doden spend millions of dollars to run for governor unless they've seen something else? So. I think we need to need to take all polling with a, with a grain of salt or, or a big tablespoonful of salt uh, as we go forward. All right, yeah, go, Abdul, go ahead, Jim. Bill, you're right. You're right about that. It, I, the numbers are uh, probably soft. Number one and two. You know, I think we said this all back all the way back in July that um, Brad Chambers was not going to put five million dollars of his own money in unless he saw something soft or a lane for himself. 
All right. Uh, again, the program State House Happenings, Rob Kendall, Abdulakim Shabazz, Jim Merritt. We're talking right now about the governor's race. Jim, you hit on something that's interesting, and we really haven't talked about this on the show a whole lot, which is obviously our home station is WIBC. We're part of Network Indiana as well. WIBC is still doing very well, both in terms of advertisers, in terms of obviously the reach of the station, the ratings of the station. But you look at something like Indy Star, and there you, there was a time where the power structure was sort of, hey, it's Indy Star on the print side, WIBC on the, the you know, radio side and then there's a you know a handful of TV stations that was sort of the power structure of, of central Indiana media that has all changed now in the sense of we're still doing very well but you've seen an immense decline financially and sway and and in many other areas with Indy star but you've seen these outside groups kind of pop up and Abdul I would even kind of to some degree put you in there with obviously indie politics you have people like Adam Wren with Importantville you have state house affairs that's out there you have our, our good friend Nikki Kelly in the Indiana Capital Chronicle there really is a new lay of the land in terms of how coverage of Indiana politics and government is being done and Abdul I'll start with you it seems like the last several years outside of someone like yourself and you know maybe a couple others. There just haven't been a lot of people embedded at the state house, which is why I think you get these guys pulling some of the shenanigans, which you reported about in your <laughs> most recent cheat sheet that that they're pulling because they don't fear getting caught. A, a they don't fear getting caught, and in part because the the institutional memory uh, over the twenty years that I've been here, you know, just 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 over time, you know, things you know go, people go away, people retire, people people pass on, unfortunately, and so you get a new crop of young people in who don't necessarily know. Where the bathrooms are, or what's going on here, or where this where this committee is, or who's in charge of this, and number two, and 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 politicians see that, so like, you know what, I'm going to do what I can until I can't do it anymore. Yeah, Jim, I'm curious because obviously you uh, you were there since the Earth was young, and you kind of spanned the whole the whole gamut of hey, there was no such thing as the internet or social media when you started, and you saw that power structure, and obviously you're still intricately involved and know the players, even though you're not in the state house anymore. You uh, really have seen until the last few years a decline of people covering the Indiana General Assembly, which I think has been bad for the taxpayers. Uh, Robert, uh, there is a new media and. Uh, the new media can can uh, hogtie you politically immediately. That being email, that being social media, Facebook, X, all these issues, all these places where uh, they can make your career, or they can break your career if you're a legislator or someone in the state house. And 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 yes, there are people that are covering the, that physically cover uh, aren't there in the state house, but. Uh, that there, there's a camera in the chambers watching every move that you make in, in when you're in session uh, of the general assembly and so it's people don't really realize how uh I, I would imagine there are a lot of politicians out there that are terrified of making a mistake and so that's you don't see individuals really stepping out and taking hard policy stands as as well as um, the, the people, uh, there used to be uh, Mary Beth Schneider with the Indianapolis Star that was sitting in the chamber watching uh, the back rows and watching the body language of, of legislators. That is no more. And, and so uh, the experienced uh, pro, if you will, uh, isn't, isn't there. There used to be um, a um, reporter for the Indianapolis Star at the end of session would address 
the, the legislature, both the Indiana, the, a joint session of the legislature. And uh, that that's just unheard of that that would happen uh, today. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and uh, real quick, I, I want, I mean, obviously I want you to do well, Abdul, we're very good friends, but I want Capital Chronicle to succeed. I want, is it State Affairs, I think is the name of it, to succeed. I want guys like Adam Wren to succeed because we need more people covering the state house. And let's face it, in the modern era, WIBC, even as powerful as we still are, we don't have an Eric Berman entrenched at the state house anymore. Indy Star just simply, to my knowledge, isn't doing that anymore. While they may cover things, we need people, as many eyes on the state house as possible. And also, too, uh, as we uh, found out last year when I was in the hospital, one person can't cover everything, yeah. which is why when I was in the hospital, I was like, thank God for Nikki Kelly and the Capitol Chronicle. Right. Thank God for for state affairs, Indiana, uh, you know, and all, all my other brothers and sisters in the media because we just can't be everywhere all the time, twenty four seven. So let me ask you this: because while you we've talked about, by the way, the program is State House Happenings. Rob Kendall, Dulakim Shabazz, Jim Merritt. While the while the uh, the legislative session is probably going to be pretty boring, at least on paper, or at least walking into it, it shapes up to be pretty boring. The politics side doesn't shape up to be boring, and you've got all sorts of interesting things that could be going on. And I mean... Like February 12th? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I want to get to Rust here in a second, but I mean, you've got interesting campaign finance reports, apparently, from candidates that are out there. You've got this governor's race, and other people get the signatures. You've got guys who have spent millions of dollars of their own money already on this governor's race. You've got Rust and the U.S. A Senate race, which we'll talk about. This could be one of the most wild primary seasons ever, despite the legislative session, Abdul, being pretty boring. Oh, yeah. The primary season is going to be uh, off the chain. To how the young people say, it's going to be hip. Yes, you're so hip. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be swag or whatever the hell that is. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, because like I said, you got a contested governor's race because Eric Holcomb isn't running again. You've got a contested uh, U.S. Senate race because Mike Braun's running for governor, which leaves his seat uh, open. Uh, the legislature, probably not. Not so much because the the districts are pretty much they are uh, what they are, uh, but no. But the governor's race, U.S. Senate race, those going to be the two big races here uh, in Indiana. Not to mention what ever happens with the presidential race. Merritt, if somebody spends five million dollars of their own money, which Chambers Brad Chambers has put in, and you've got Doden who's spent, I guess at this point, probably several million dollars of, of his own money. I mean, people have. Uh, cause bodily harm to people for much less than that. I mean, these guys are going to get nasty eventually in this governor's race because they got a lot of their own money at stake. Oh, I think you can count on uh, aggressiveness. I think you can count on aggressiveness from all the candidates. And and if they, and they, if they aren't, then they're going to lose. You've got to uh, put your very best foot forward uh, with issues, but also you've got to separate yourself. You just uh, We just said that uh, they're all kind of cut from the same cloth right now, and 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 you've got to separate and make it make people feel that um, that you have the leadership capabilities of and something is that, that you're going to fix something that something is is going to be different when you are with governor and and just a little bit on the, the on the media side, we need Abdul, we need Nikki Kelly. And, and that is the new media because uh, of many reasons, including it just it keeps it interesting. Who's going to cover the idea of of delegates for the state convention and and all the all the uh, the Republican Party trying to to um, run candidates in places that uh, that 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 the Republican Party felt, feels as though they didn't have the representation 
in the, I'm talking about the establishment in the state convention. There are plenty of things to talk about, and uh, and I, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see uh, another step for the new media uh, coming this year. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Keep Shabazz. The program is State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. And one of the things going on, Abdul, is this situation with John Rust still trying to get on the ballot to run for U.S. Senate in the Republican primary. A judge in Indianapolis said he's eligible to run. The state of Indiana has challenged that to the Supreme Court. They'll hear the arguments in the middle of February. Go ahead, sorry. They're here on Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Okay, very good. (laughs) So one of the things that's very interesting here is the Republican Party of Indiana, who is vehemently fighting John Rust getting on the ballot, uh, has filed what's called an amicus brief. Is that right? Yeah, so it's a friend of the court brief is what it is. And in a nutshell, to to keep it at the 30,000-foot level, uh, whenever the Supreme Court is going to hear an argument, uh, you can file what's called amicus briefs. In other words, you say, hey, we believe that you should rule in you know, plaintiff or appellant's favor because of X, Y, Z. This doesn't, though, read, give you some sort of tea leaves into going, well, they let the Republican Party file this. They're certainly leaning towards siding with uh, the state of Indiana. Well, well, yeah, and anybody can file an amicus brief. I mean, hell, you could file an amicus brief. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so, so there's that. What, what I thought was most interesting in the, in the Republican Party's brief was they argued – Sort of, the, sort of the First Amendment, like free association, we should be able to pick who our candidates are, blah, 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 blah. They did not address the, the essence of Judge Dietrich's decision, which was, hey, this violates the U.S. Constitution because of the First and Seventeenth Amendment. Also, it violates the state constitution because when you say that a person has to run in two primaries, number one, you put an additional qualification on the office. Which is not in our state constitution. Right. And number two, if someone is 18 they want to run, how can they run in a primary? Because they haven't been able to vote in two previous primaries. In other words, 80, 81 to 87% of the population could not run in Indiana because they, 87% of the population has not voted in two Republican primaries Mer- or Democratic primaries. Merritt, we've talked about this, that the Republican Party and Abdul just hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, there's so many flaws in this law that weren't thought through. The Republican Party is starting to look really bad on this because it is coming off as we only want the people we desire to run. It's not about actually being a Republican. It's about us being able to control inside the Republican Party even who can run and using the powers, the levers of state government to manipulate that. Are the Republicans starting to see how bad they're coming off based on these continued challenges to this law? Well, it's kind of like in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, We Republicans, and I'm sure Democrats are the same. Uh, we do want to control uh, who our uh, candidates are. And, and that's what this uh, piece of legislation uh, slash law is all about. I've, I've, uh, I've changed my mind that uh, primaries versus convention, and, and I think we ought to go towards a convention uh, situation election for uh, finding our, our candidates and our leaders for the Republican Party. But um, uh, this was a, this was attempt so the Republicans and the Democrats, if you will, could control who was running in their who was going to run for the offices uh, and represent the party. There's no two ways about it, and and uh, no one's going to change my mind that now does it to the the common voter 
who might be an independent and, and doesn't understand, yes, it does. It does look. Uh, it does look bad. Uh, but but we have had candidates in the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, for that matter, in the past that uh, aren't uh, aren't Republicans and aren't Democrats, and that's where this came from. Yeah, there's something else to keep in mind too. All this could have been avoided. Had just they let John Russell on the ballot. Well, right. So let me let me ask you this, Abdul, because you and I both read the the uh, Amicus brief, and we thought the same thing. You guys, this 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 reasoning is a joke. You don't address the crux of the issue, which is the constitutionality. You pointed out in two seconds how ridiculous this is. How does an 18-year-old who is eligible to vote, who couldn't have voted in two Republican primaries before, how does that person qualify to run, which they're qualified to run under the Indiana Constitution? I mean, it just comes off as so petty that the Republicans are digging their heels in on this. And had, uh, I want to say Amanda Lowry, uh, who was a Jackson County GOP chairwoman, just said, hey, John Russ, you hadn't voted in two primaries. We'll let you on the ballot. You'll lose and then just just going about your business, but it's like it's like classic. It's being too cute by half. Actually, what it reminds me of, and it's funny because it happened around New Year's Day. Uh, I always watch the Twilight Zone marathon oh, yeah. on the mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Channel. There's always this one guy who like goes to the fortune teller, like you're gonna get hit by a car. So he does everything to not get hit by a car, but everything he does makes leads, him get hit le- by a car. Leads him to being hit by a car, yeah. <laughs> so if you're Rust, because I think Rust feels pretty good. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he feels pretty good about his chances of winning. I think most independent legal thinkers have looked at this and feel pretty good about his chances of winning. He's getting millions of dollars of free publicity, and once he wins in court— he then enters the race as the victim, and he can say, look, the Republicans so fear independent thought and people who will challenge the establishment, they spent all of your money to try to keep me off the ballot and keep you off the ballot. I still think Banks is going to win, but wow, what a gift to Rust. And if I, and if I were Jim Banks, what I would do, and this is just some free advice to, to Jim, Jim and I each other forever, is I'd come, up with, I'd come up with the same, like, hey, I don't mind John Rust being on the ballot. Competition is good. I welcome the challenge, and then just leave it at that and move on. Yeah, because well, I mean, this. Go, go ahead, Jim. This is a gift. This is a gift to the senator Banks for the U.S. senator campaign. Uh, if I was in Jim Banks' uh, shoes, I would be fundraising off this. Uh, the, the Republican Party establishment is behind me, meaning Jim Banks. Uh, I've got all the momentum. I'm a I'm a, a member of the House of Representatives. Uh, Trump likes me. Uh, it, it just seems as though. That that this is just uh, it, this is just a great effort uh, to besmirch Rust in a lot of ways uh, from the establishment, and I would be going at it from a you know we need to put Jim Banks into into office. He's the very best Republican, and uh, and no one no one in the in the uh, you know the political class would actually know who John Rust is, but they do now. Yeah, and I see those Russ billboards all over the place, Abdul. Yeah, because John Russ has a lot of money. Yeah, we need more <laughs> rich friends. That's, that's been my longstanding theory. All right, we got about a minute left here. Uh, we're in the legislative session now. Obviously, we're in campaign season, so we'll try to close the show out. 20 seconds or so. Is there anything in the next week people should keep an eye out for? Anything you think might be breaking in the next week, Abdul? Uh, January 7th is the filing deadline. I keep an eye on who files. February uh, 7th. Fe- fe- February 7th. But January, January 7th, people can start filing. Oh. Start uh, dropping off information. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who has signatures. Who has, it'd be interesting to see what the pl- play field is going to look like over the next 30 days. Jim Merritt, same question. I, I think people are still on holiday vacation. 
I don't think anything's going to happen in the next week. But um, certainly in the next 60 to 9 days, things are going to pop. All right, you know who's not on vacation is us. We are the Statehouse Happenings panel. We are your look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Jim Merritt, Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, you two are the best. Thank you, my friends. Thank you. Robert. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Kib Shabazz, the program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Don't forget, you can find Abdul on Twitter at ATTYAbdul, at ATTYAbdul. And be sure to check out and bookmark his very fabulous website, IndiePolitics.org, IndiePolitics.org. Jim Merritt, he's on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt, at Jim underscore Merritt. And you can check out his fabulous podcast, Merritt in the Morning, Merritt in the Morning. Just search Merritt in the Morning on YouTube and and Facebook. Me, I'm on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall. And now, once again, you can hear me weekdays at 9 until noon. Weekdays at 9 until noon, the Kendall and Casey show on 93.1 WIBC. So we're off and running in 2024. And as we said during the show today, it promises to be a very interesting next several months here in Indiana politics and government. Obviously, you have the legislative session, which usually offers something or several things of interest or the unpredictable. And, of course, it is election season. And so we will be here every week to bring you the latest on what is going on with what promises to be, well, quite frankly, just an incredibly interesting primary season. I mean, you've got that governor's race. You've got the U.S. Senate primary, both of those on the Republican side. And then you've got all sorts of other local primaries that could be very interesting. Uh, Man, I'll just tell you what, I'm so excited, so excited for 2024. And of course, we'll bring it to you right here, all the stuff you need to know on State House Happening. So that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for listening. For Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, for Jim Merritt, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to State House Happenings.